yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. Thank you very much for joining us today. After the SVB and Signature Bank collapses threatened to cause a domino effect of all the other banks failing, the government did step in on Sunday night right before the future markets opened and threw a lifeline to all of the depositors of the bank and then bailed out the rest of the banks before they suffered the same fate and failed as well. Today we are going to look at the bailout that's not a bailout and pressure test the president's assertion that the taxpayers will not be responsible for this bill. As we covered last episode, banks are finding themselves in a very vulnerable position financially because of the artificially low interest rates we've seen over the past 12 years. Because the Federal Reserve kept short-term interest rates at near 0%, banks had to seek out riskier assets to be able to make some money. The Federal Reserve encourages banks to buy U.S. Treasuries, bonds, and mortgage-backed securities. And they do that by not charging the bank any money if the banks hold those assets on their books. So if the bank wanted to buy other securities, maybe private securities or any other type of quote-unquote riskier securities, they would get a haircut by the government and lose a few percent right off the top. Since the short-term interest rates were so low, banks had to buy riskier assets. And what I mean by risky is just a longer-term maturity. So the longer you commit your money to a product, the riskier it is. For example, a one-year treasury will pay you 1.28%. That's very safe. You tie up a portion of your money in that treasury, you get paid 1.2% interest, and you get your money back and your interest in a year. Very safe. Compare that to a 10-year treasury, that would pay you 1.98%. Where is the risk, you ask? Well, one, you're tying your money up for an additional nine years for a measly 0.7% more in interest. So no thanks. And also inflation, my favorite economic topic. Our year over year inflation rate reported by the government is 6%. Now you and I both know it's way higher than that, but even using their number, it'll still make the point. What makes going out 10 years for that 1.98% risky is we're at 6% inflation right now. You're losing more than 4% of your money after the inflation tax. Plus, what is inflation going to do for the next nine more years? Going to keep going up? It's going to go down? Who knows? But the Fed will have to increase interest rates if it gets too high, like they are doing right now. So a year ago, you were getting paid 1.28% interest on a one-year and a 1.9% interest return on a 10-year. So here's the problem. Today, you can go buy a 10-year treasury and get 3.93% interest. And that's what I was referring to last episode. If a bank has a 10-year treasury yielding 1.98% on its books, it looks good. It looks like an asset. Yeah, 10-year treasury, 1.9% interest over 10 years. It's a value of $12,166 on paper. So you have an asset. But this is why I used the baseball card analogy last episode, because a baseball card is only worth what someone is willing to pay you for it, not what it is worth on paper. So why are the bank assets worthless today? Because technically they're not worthless, but who would buy a 10-year note at 1.98% from a bank when they can just go into the market right now and get one for 393 
So here is the situation SVB found themselves in. They needed to sell some of their assets to give their customers back their money. No one would buy them. Then the government blocked the sale of the bank, so it failed to meet the federal requirements and the FDIC took over control of the bank. So I wanted to look at the SVB and the Signature Bank bailouts. Okay, so bank management, they're losing their jobs. All right, it's their fault. They mismanaged the bank. They got to go. So they're fired. The investors who own the bank stocks, they're losing their money. Okay, you took a risk. This is a stock market, pal. You're gone. And all depositors are now guaranteed by the FDIC. So usually it's only up to $250,000 per account. So any dollar amounts over that are uninsured. But they are bailing out all the businesses and all the people dumb enough to keep more than $250,000 in an account. That means the only people who lose were the people who followed the Fed's advice and did what they were told to do. Also, let's not lose sight of the precedent the government just set. They covered all of the deposits of the bank. So what happens when the next bank fails? They're going to demand all of their deposits get covered too, not just up to $250,000. It's not fair. It's not inclusive. It's not equitable. Currently, the FDIC is on the hook for $7 trillion in deposits. That's all the money that's up to $250,000 per account. $7 trillion the FDIC is on the hook for. If they cover all deposits, like they just did for these two banks, and which they will do for all the other banks, if they cover all deposits, that would add another $18 trillion of unfunded liabilities to the government's balance sheet. That's about half of our federal fucking deficit. So that's part one of the bailout. That's not a bailout. So that solves the SVB and the signature bank issues, right? It gets the, their customers back their money. A couple of people lost their jobs. Some people lost some money in the stock market. No big whoop. But what about all the other banks that are in the same situation? Because those banks didn't do anything wrong. They did what every other fucking bank did. They followed the Fed's guidance on what assets to hold and what to buy. Everyone is in the same boat. So that brings us to part two of the bailout that's not a bailout. Here is what the Federal Reserve is doing. They are purchasing all of the worthless assets that the banks had on their books prior to Sunday. And they're buying it from the bank at face value. The Fed will buy all of those 10-year notes yielding that 1.98% that no one would touch, rendering them worthless. Our government will be paying a bank that $12,166 for that $10,000 10-year treasury at one98 so our government will be buying shitty, worthless assets, giving these banks face value to provide them the liquidity they would need to be able to fund customer withdrawals. And remember, this is not a bailout because instead of giving the bank straight cash in exchange for shares of stock like in 2009, we're just giving the bank straight cash in exchange for worthless securities instead. It's a, it's a way better deal for the taxpayers. So if you hear someone say this is not a bailout, here are a few things to consider. Has the government ever told you the truth when it comes to how they spend your money? The bank bailout of 2009 was very unpopular once everyone figured out what it was, just a handout to the bank CEOs, so they can't call it a bailout anymore. The government doesn't have any money it hasn't taken from the taxpayers. 
all the government can do is spend your money or print more. And by giving the banks a way to sell their worthless assets, you are bailing out everyone in bank management, every one of the shareholders of those banks, and all of the customers of those banks. Because without this bailout, a lot, a lot of banks would have failed just the same way SVB did because they would not be able to handle customers demanding their money back because they can't sell any of their worthless assets to get money. Oh, Nick, the Fed says this is only temporary. The banks are going to buy these things back. Oh, you're so cute. Play that little idea forward. How's that going to work? If the banks did that, they would be right back in the same boat they're in today. We're going to bail them out today so they can fail tomorrow? That doesn't make any sense. The Fed still had all the treasuries on its balance sheet from the 2009 bailout. That was supposed to be temporary too. Remember Fed Chair Ben Bernanke told Congress, hey, we're not financing our own debt because we're not going to be holding on to these things. We're going to buy them now and then just get them off our books. We're going we're gonna to write it off, right? Just write it off. How is the Fed going to get rid of them without causing what they were trying to prevent, the financial collapse? There is nothing more permanent than a temporary government program. That's what I believe to be true. Now, the president will tell you that the economy is awesome. You know, he's created 12 million jobs. Most of any president, just ask him, unemployment's really low. Wages are way up. So if everything is so star-spangled awesome, why step in at all? Surely the most robust, bulletproof economy we've ever had since the roaring 20s can handle one or two banks failing, right? Especially if they were just, not, they failed because of mismanagement, because that's what they're telling you. They're telling you these guys failed because of mismanagement. Then the politics in and get involved and say, well, they failed because they were woke and all this bullshit. So ask yourself that question. If, if our economy is so great, if everything is so fucking awesome and a couple banks fail because they're managed poorly, that's not indicative of a problem in the economy. So why step in with these emergency actions? I mean, shit, the president's creating so many goddamn jobs. Those unemployed bankers and all the broke depositors can get a job, no problem. So what's the deal? The government is taking drastic action because it has to. This is the part you, everyone needs to just consider. Everything is not okay. It's like when you ask your wife if she's okay, and she's like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, the economy's fine. When you take historic and drastic measures not used since the 2009 financial crisis while telling me everything is awesome, I just have a hard time believing you. Especially since my eyeball test tells me a different story. Everywhere I look, I'm not seeing all these amazing things you're talking about. Oh, 12 million jobs created since 2020. Okay, great. How many of those jobs were people getting rehired after losing their job during the pandemic? We had 40 million unemployed people in June of 2020. And that was down from 49 million unemployed in May. Even after the reopening of the economy, we still had 16.9 million people unemployed in July. And 9.6 million of those were unable to work because their employer closed or lost business due to the pandemic. So quick question, how many of those people are in the 12 million new jobs? Also, how many of the 12 million new jobs are people getting a second job? And lastly, out of the 12 million new jobs, how many of those people got fired from a full-time remote fake-ass job only to have to go get two or three part-time jobs just to survive. Sorry if I'm skeptical of all the greatness, I'm just not seeing it. Which brings us to how are we going to pay for this, Mr. President? Oh, Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe, the President said at the White House. Your deposits will be there when you need them. 
The president also said, quote, no losses would be borne by the taxpayer and the money would come from the fees the banks pay into the deposit insurance fund. Oh, I feel better. Do you? I'm guessing the FDIC did not collect $7 trillion in fees. But let's, let's just say they did. Let's say the FDIC has enough money that did not come from any of the taxpayers to guarantee all the deposits in the freaking solar system. Let's just, let's just pretend that's true. Who gives a shit? The Federal Reserve is preventing the banks from failing now. So no one's even going to need the FDIC insurance money. So who cares if it came from bank fees? Do you see what they do there? Oh, don't worry. Bank fees are paying for this bailout, not you. But we're not even going to need the FDIC money because the Fed is going to prevent the banks from failing. It's hard not to get stuck in the weeds with all the lies and just miss what's right in front of you. What about the Federal Reserve buying all the banks' worthless assets? Where is that money coming from? Oh, shit. Ain't no bank fees covering that, baby. Crank up the printing presses. We need to print some money. The Federal Reserve will be buying worthless assets from the banks and paying cash. Currently, the Federal Reserve balance sheet has $8.3 trillion worth of treasuries, bonds, mortgage-backed securities, loans, all that shit. Well, that's a big balance sheet. Nick, how can, they, how can the Fed fight inflation if they will now be buying hundreds of billions of dollars in worthless assets? Well, that's a great question, because they can't. Let me just take a second and try to paint the picture of how screwed the Federal Reserve is, and by extension, us. The Federal Reserve are supposed to have a rate hike next week, you know, to fight inflation, because we're at 6% right now. That's three times our 2% target. So we got to raise rates to fight inflation. But the rate increases have caused this current banking crisis. Plus, the more you raise rates, the more you'll have to pay for those banks' worthless assets. So I'd like to welcome everyone to the unwinnable game of economic central planning, where the government's goal is to steal from you and enrich themselves and their donors. Let me walk you through this. To fight the inflation they created, they need to raise interest rates and cause economic hardships for the ones who are levered up with debt, which is everybody. To fight against the banking failures, they need to stop raising the rates and inject the banking system with a shit ton of liquidity, i.e. cash. So fighting inflation causes banks to fail. Bailing out banks causes inflation. Which one do you think they're going to pick? Save the people's purchasing power by lowering inflation, leading to regular people flourishing at the expense of their Wall Street donors? Or save the banks, enrich your friends, lie about who's footing the bill, and pay for it all with that stealthy ninja inflation, the tax that no one sees, no one's even sure what causes it. It's magical. One of my first episodes was trying to point out that the government will choose Wall Street over Main Street every fucking time and twice on Sunday. Since the 2000s, when Alan Greenspan started this 0% rate bullshit to recover after the dot-com crash and continuing through 2009 when they kept that shit going, but then added in some quantitative easing, which is fancy word for money printing, here is why it is so important for you to be told the truth. Someone told me the truth. That's why I can see through the rhetoric and understand a simple fact. 
the government will always choose inflation over economic suffering. You can lie about inflation. Why do you think we do so many episodes on it? It's so important for you to know how it is caused. Inflation is caused by the expansion of the money supply. That's it. For every dollar the government spends over what they collect in taxes, they have to print. They have to fucking make it appear out of thin air. We, we talk about the effects of inflation. It robs you of your purchasing power. Your hard-earned money is worth less. It buys less. Inflation leads to rising prices, which are a symptom of inflation, not the cause of it. There is more money in circulation that bids up the prices of the goods. That's why everyone lies to you about inflation. Because they can. They can make it so convoluted and so fucking boring and all this other shit to distract you from what causes it and how it affects you. They cannot lie about a recession. They cannot lie about you watching your 401k go down 30%. They cannot lie about you losing your job. They cannot lie about economic suffering because that's fucking easy for everyone to see. I do this podcast because I believe they will never do the right thing or tell you the truth. Well, Nick, you're crazy. Am I? Because I did not arrive at that conclusion through emotion. I don't think that way because of some ideology that says, oh, you can't trust government. I arrive there on my own critical thought in reasoning. I don't see any evidence of them caring or telling the truth. I don't see any examples of them doing the right thing or telling me the truth. And I'd be happy to change my opinion if I see some evidence of them telling the truth or doing the right thing or see some examples of them telling the truth and doing the right thing. When their actions start matching their words, I'll gladly update my thinking because as of today, they cannot tell you the truth because that will exacerbate the situation they're trying to pretend doesn't fucking exist and just keep kicking the can down the road. Let it blow up on someone else's watch. It's just like me when I was 12. You know, I get, I get in trouble. Deny, deny, deny. It's, it's the same shit today. But you have the mainstream media, you have the politicians, but you have everyone saying the same shit. You have everyone in unison denying, denying, denying. And then when it blows up, hey, fucking no one saw this coming. Every expert we had on the news tonight said it was fine. The president said it was fine. The treasury secretary said it was fine. Look, I'm not a financial planner. I'm not a banker. I'm not a fucking economist. I'm not a political science major. I'm not a stockbroker. I'm just a guy who understands the fucking basics. I feel like I understand inflation. I understand how banks make their money. I understand how government creates money. And just with the basics, with those simple understandings, I can look at what's going on. I can not listen to all the people who are paid to lie to me, and I can understand the fucking problem. And what pisses me off, and hopefully pisses you off too, is if I know there's a problem, and you know there's a problem, then they know there's a problem, right? The smartest minds in the world, the economic majors, the fucking wizards over there at the Fed... You don't think they know how fucking screwed they are? They can't tell you that. See, I don't benefit from lying to you. I don't get to keep my job if I keep everyone in the dark. I benefit and everyone benefits if they're just told the truth, even if I'm fucking wrong. Maybe just consider some shit. Maybe get curious about it. Look into yourself. That's the whole point of this. But they benefit from lying to you. They need you to keep playing the game. Keep giving them 
your fucking money so they can continue to rob you. Because without you, they have nothing. Money. Money. Money makes the world go round, the world go round, the world go round. Money makes the world go round, it makes the world go round. A mark, a yen, a buck or a pound, a buck or a pound, a buck or a pound is all that makes the world go round. The clinking, clanking sound can make the world go round. Money, money. Money, 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 money